the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God sometimes says, look, I want you to do your part. I'll do my part. So the question is, are you doing your part? Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Hey, we're continuing this message that we started yesterday in Psalm 3, 4, and 5. I entitled the message, When All Looks Lost. And this is talking about the time when one of David's sons, Absalom, actually came in to drive his dad out of Jerusalem and take over as king. You're thinking, what? How in the world did that happen? Well, it was a long process, and it all started all the way back when David took on multiple wives. He had multiple wives. We pumped out multiple children, and all of those things all came back around to bite David because he rebelled against God because God told us that we're to have one husband, one wife, and that's it. Well, having all of these wives and children and everything, there was infighting, and one of the sons from one of the wives forced himself on a daughter from another one of the wives, which caused the brother of that daughter to get very angry. And because David never dealt with the dog that attacked his half-sister, it caused his son Absalom to get so upset that within two years' time, he had that brother killed because of what he did to his sister, which caused him to leave and flee for his life. Well, after a few years, uh, he was allowed to come back and live in Jerusalem, but David never went to talk to him and work this thing out and reconcile with his son, which caused his son to be even more estranged from his dad. And he started going through the city telling everyone, I could do a better job ruling over you than what my dad has done. And it's kind of odd how people are so fickle and disloyal and erratic and unfaithful at times. Because these people under David's kingdom, they were so much better off than they have ever been. I mean, think about it. David was Israel's national hero. He had captured Jerusalem, you know, from the Jebusites, and he made it the capital capital of Israel. David had conquered all their enemies. He brought the Ark of the Covenant back to God's people. And David, besides bringing peace and safety to God's people, he also brought an unprecedented prosperity to the entire region. People were so much better off than they had ever been. But many times, when we have much, it just leaves us wanting even more, just like we have here in America. You know, we had a pretty good life with the last president, and of course, you know, no one liked his tweets and everything, but he was running the country so much better. Now, we got rid of him, and we got this new guy, and the new guy has done what? He's caused nothing but problems in our country. We have 
outrageous inflation. You know, we have 40-year high in spikes in crime and, you know, all of these things. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yes, people aligned themselves with David's son, Absalom, instead of his proven father, David. And now David is on the run. Yes, David has walked with the Lord from his youth, from fighting off lions and bears from his sheep to downing Goliath the giant. David knew the Lord was with him. So in verse 4, he cries out to the Lord, and the Lord responded to him. Now, this is David after he's already been ran out of his kingdom. He's out in the wilderness somewhere, and the Lord responds to him. But notice this This wasn't some flippant prayer request. David had been threatened and chased out of his kingdom by a hostile takeover of Jerusalem. And the only way for Absalom to be successful is to kill his father now. And in the same way, we should have different levels of prayer uh, in every situation that we come across in our life, okay? See, there should be one kind of prayer when wondering where we want to go to lunch, okay? Lord, where do you want me to go to lunch? Well, it all depends. You want pizza? Do you want a burger? Do you want a burrito? Okay. So there should be one level of praying for something as frivolous as where we should go to lunch. But then there's another kind of prayer. It's when someone is breaking into your house and you just got some really bad news from your doctor or something like that. Yes, when it's a serious prayer need, our prayers should equal the intensity of the difficulty that we're experiencing. And what I mean by that is someone's breaking in your house. Yeah, you better be praying quick. Oh, Lord Jesus, you know, let me go grab my bat and welcome this guy into my house with a baseball bat, okay? But uh, when we pray, we need to pray not some flippant prayer when we're in deep, when we have major problems. I wonder if you've prayed about things, but just basically— Listen, if you've got serious problems in your life, you need to be praying without ceasing, the Bible says. Well, what does that even mean, Pastor, pray without ceasing? Am I supposed to go move to Tibet or something, shave my head bald and put on an orange robe and just sit on a mountain and pray? No. Praying without ceasing means this. Prayer, first of all, is just communicating with God. It's talking with God. Praying without ceasing just means that you're in constant communication with God throughout the day. So if you've got some serious problems right now, you have a teenager that's gone wild on you, you've got a marriage that's falling apart, you've got bills that are just coming out of your ears, whatever the case may be, it's like you've got legal problems. You pray. You talk to the Lord in and out of conversation all day about it. You get up in the morning while you're shaving talking about men, of course, or putting your makeup on, talking about women, okay? So anyway, but it's like, you know, you can be praying right there when you're on the way to work. Turn the music off for a little bit. Pray while you're there. It's like, you know, you can be at work, you know, you can be praying in your own mind. Yes, there's much you can pray about throughout the day when you're facing serious problems. And because David had reflected on all the years of past faithfulness of God, on how faithful God was, he was able to say in Psalm chapter 3, verse 6, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. See, when you've gone through times and the Lord has delivered you in times past, you should be able to say, look, the Lord delivered me back then. I remember 10 years ago this happened. I remember five years ago this happened. I remember three years ago. It's like you have to reflect back on where God had not forsaken you in the past. Which brings up another thought here. 
when God hears. I'm going to read to you here in Psalm chapter 4, verse 1. Listen, if you're driving the car right now, listen on the radio, I'll do the reading, you do the driving. So Psalm chapter 4, verse 1 says, Answer me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O sons of men, how long will my honor become a reproach? How long will you love what is worthless and aim at deception? Selah. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble, do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many are saying, who will show us any good? Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart more than when your grain and new wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Wow. So yes, when God hears our prayers, Guess what? Things change. Notice, none of the circumstances have changed in David's life. David's still on the run. He's still out in the wilderness somewhere from being chased out by his son, Absalom. You know, none of his circumstances have changed at all. He's not sleeping in his palace in his bed. He's not there in his own washroom. No, he's on the run out in the willy bushes. But what has changed now is David's heart. Notice he said in verse 1, you have relieved me. That word relieved in the original Hebrew language means I am no longer filled with the pent-up emotions of anxiety and fear. I wonder how many are listening on their radio right now that would love to have some relief from the Lord so that you would no longer be filled and pent up with emotions of anxiety and fear no matter what's happening in your life because it's possible for not one of your circumstances to change right now but yet you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding yes you know it said in verse 3 that God has set him apart because he heard my prayers David did what he knew he should do in verse 4 he was setting himself apart to meditate on the Lord And not the problem. Yes, we worry. And when we worry, it gets us nowhere except maybe an ulcer. But let me talk to you exactly about how God works sometimes. God sometimes says, look, I want you to do your part and then I'll do my part. So the question is, are you doing your part? Maybe you're sitting there thinking to yourself right now, well, pastor, I don't really know what my part is. I've got all these issues, all these problems. I'm anxious. I'm worried inside. I got fear surrounding me. What is my part here? Well, let me tell you what your part is. In Philippians 4, 6, God gives you your part and then he gives you his part. Now, your part is in Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. That isn't a command sense. So what God is saying is, don't be anxious or anxiety-filled, or fear-filled for nothing. So he's telling you right now, you need to put that off. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. So what God is saying is, you bring those things to me. I love Psalm 
uh, 55 in 1 Peter where it says, Cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Think about that. God says you cast your cares. That word cast means to hurl them. It means to throw them. It's like, don't just sit there and casually like, well, Lord, may I just pass this over to you politely? No, God says, hurl it over to me. Throw it as hard as you can, like you're playing dodgeball or something, man. Just heave that thing out of your hand right now. He says, stop being fear-filled. Stop being anxiety-filled. He says, now when you do your part in Philippians 4, 6, then God will do his part in verse 7. And it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See how that works? You do your part, and then God does his part. Sometimes he removes the circumstance immediately, and other times he doesn't. He just changes you. And that's what he did with David. Again, David's on the run. He's out in the wilderness. He's not sleeping in his palace bed. He's not, you know, anywhere having servants serve him. He's out on the run, but yet his heart is now filled with peace. Yes, not only is David relieved in his soul, but the Lord in verse 7 has put a gladness in his heart. Wow, that's a shining gladness, meaning when we should be upset and falling apart at the seams, we're really quite the opposite. We are filled with joy and unmistakable happiness in the midst of very trying circumstances. See, this is why here at Core Church Los Angeles, we go through the Word of God verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Why? Because God deals with every aspect of life. And when you're getting taught the Word of God, the truth of His Word— uncompromised, that is when you grow and mature as a man or woman of God. So let me ask you, are you growing in your relationship with Christ? And if you're not growing, let me ask you this, are you going to church? And if you're going to church and the church that you're going to is not stimulating you, why are you still going there? Well, I've been going there for a long time. Well, that doesn't, that's not a good reason. You need to find a church that teaches the truth of God's word. Now, listen, if you're in Southern California and you're anywhere within, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour of Core Church Los Angeles, why don't you drive on Sunday morning? We've got three services at 8.30, 10.30, and 12.30. Come to the early ones. There's no traffic, but at least you'll be stimulate and you'll grow in your relationship with Christ. Listen, we should be all asking ourselves, am I growing? Listen, church should do this. It should do what? It should cause us to be like a great appetizer. The appetizer is not the meal. The meal is when it comes, that's what fills you up. But the appetizer stimulates all your taste buds. And that's what going to a good church does. It should stimulate you to get into God's word yourself so that you're reading his word on a daily basis and having a good spiritual diet on God's word, because that's what changes us. So I encourage you to come. It's like you can check us out at corechurchla.org. And if you're, you know, back on the East Coast listening to our stations, hey, listen, it's a little far to drive. It might take you a couple days to get here. So, you know, you can watch us live at our three services, 830, 1030, and 1230 on Sunday, and our 730 midweek study, which we just started a study through the book of Psalms. And on Sunday morning, we're going through the book of 
of Exodus. But again, we're doing this to help you stimulate the growth of the Lord inside of your heart. Well, getting back to our text here, how does David end this psalm in verse 8? It says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. This is what the non-believer cannot understand. See, the non-believer cannot grasp the peace of God in the midst of horrendous trials and hardships. But here we have David, ready to get a good night's sleep while Absalom is preparing to give his father a knockout blow and kill him. Listen to what we're told happened back in Jerusalem in 2 Samuel 17.1. It says, furthermore, this guy named Ahithophel said to Absalom, please let me choose 12,000 men and I may arise and pursue David tonight. Yes, tonight. And I will come upon him while he is weary and exhausted and I will terrify him so that all the people who are with him will flee and I will strike down the king alone and I will bring back all the people to you. And then Absalom said, well, okay, that sounds like something we could do, but let's call this Hushai guy, the archite also, and let's hear what he has to say. Now, why would he do that? Because these are two men that his father David will listen to. They're two very wise men that have been used by his father in the past. Now, Ahithophel was right. Seek out the weary, strike while the fire's hot, and kill him. And he's saying, look, your dad has to be destroyed while he's tired, weary, and on the run. But why is Ahithophel, one of the wisest men of Israel, and why is he going against David now? He used to be a very good friend of David. But what made him join up with Absalom to kill David now? Wait a second. This was like a good friend. How can this even happen? Well, he was the father of Eliam who was the father of Bathsheba, making him the grandfather of Bathsheba. And when David sinned and slept with Bathsheba, that turned Ahithophel against David. Why? Because he was sleeping with his granddaughter when she was married to another man. And that's what turned his heart. But see, now he had all this unforgiveness that's tainted his heart, and now he wants to kill David. I don't think he really cared about Absalom. It was just an avenue to get back at David because of the unforgiveness in his heart. But this is where the Bible steps in, and God says the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. And this is what God did to Absalom, who's trying to be king. So he made Absalom choose to listen to one of David's friends, another guy named Hushai. And he steps in, and he gives a different perspective. Why? Because Hushai loved David, and he wanted to do everything he could to protect him. So this is what happened in 2 Samuel seventeen seven. So Hushai said to Absalom, This time the advice of Ahithophel has given is not good. Now, actually, the advice was good, but he's saying, no, 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 it's not good because he's trying to protect David. So he goes on in verse 8, he says, moreover, Hushai said, you know your father and his men, they are mighty men, and they are fierce like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is an expert in warfare, and he will not spend the night with the people. Behold, he is now hidden himself in one of the caves in another place, and it will be when he falls on them 
of the first attack, and whoever hears of it, they will hear of a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. And even the one who is valiant, whose heart is like a heart of a lion, will completely lose heart. For all Israel knows that your father, Absalom, he's a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men. And so (laughs) he sells Absalom on this whole thing like, man, you better not go out there because your father David's a beast out there. Yes, Ahithophel's bitterness ran deep and forgiveness was never extended. And so therefore, you know, they didn't listen to Ahithophel. They listened to Hushai. And it tells Absalom in verse 7 that his counsel was worthless as he points out Ahithophel's many flaws. Yes, in verse 8, he says, are you serious, Absalom? You're going to go after your dad? You know who your dad is? Come on! He's the national hero. His men are mighty warriors, you know. He's like a mama bear with their cubs. He's the one that took out Goliath. You can't be serious and wanting to go down there and try to track him down, you know. So he goes on and he gives this whole story. Verse 14 points out that the Lord ordained Hushai to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel. And that's exactly what will happen to us when we, like David, cry out like David did and allow the Lord to be a shield and a comfort for us in times of heartache and pain. That's why we must just cry out to the Lord in prayer. That's why it says in Psalm 5, verse 1, it says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you at the eagerly and watch. Wow. Yes, the Lord hears the cries of David in the morning. And listen, God hears all prayers, but there's something about the morning when we first get up, when we have a fresh, alert mind, before the day gets going, before the text messages start, before we start looking at the news and start answering emails. That's when we should carve away some time and lay out our needs before the Lord. I like what it says in Psalm 30, verse 4. He says, Sing praise to the Lord, you godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Listen, I wonder if there's anyone listening right now that maybe you have been carrying some guilt and shame in your life. Hey, let's face it. You haven't really been that close to the Lord right now. And it's like you've been walking away from him and you don't even know how to get back now. You've kind of been in somewhat of a trance, you could say. Maybe you've kind of turned into a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter and you've got active sin in your life. Listen, if that's you, you let let me just encourage you. Get right with the Lord. Why would you put off getting right with the Lord? Why would you put off becoming the man or the woman that he wants you to be? Why would you put off being that person that he has called you to be from the foundation of the world? Listen, if you've done and been living in some, you know, rough places right now and you're not sure where you stand with the Lord, why don't you do like what David did? He was relieved by the Lord. He found peace in his heart. Would you like to have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding just fill your heart and your soul right now? Listen, if you would, then you just got to ask for it. But it's dependent on you. Are you willing to turn from the things that you know are wrong right now? Because if you're not willing to turn from those things, then you're just fooling yourself. 
But if you're saying, God, help me, this thing's bigger than I am. And Lord, please, I do want to get right, but I need help in turning from this area that has so turned me into a slave. And if that's you, and you want to get right with the Lord now, and you want his help, then you pray this prayer. And guess what? If you mean it in your heart, the Lord will hear you. So you pray this prayer now. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. You know where I'm at. You know what I've done. And you know how weak I am in this area in my life. But Lord, I know you died for me, and I know you were buried, and I believe you rose again from the dead. Would you come and refresh my heart? Would you come inside of me? Would you be my Lord? Would you be my God? Would you be my Savior and be my friend? And fill me with the Holy Spirit and power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I am so excited for you. And I want to send you a New Believer's Bible. Now, you might have a Bible. That's great. But this one's got all kinds of notes to help you and encourage you in your walking relationship with Christ. And so just text me at 323-807-3255. That's 323-807-3255. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app, and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.